0: Bills Live, presented by Kaleida
1: Health. All right, here we be on a Thursday just over 48 hours away from Saturday night football. Bills, Dolphins, Week 15. And a playoff berth on the line for Buffalo. They get a win. They clinch a playoff berth. And this just in from weather.com. <laughs> your daily weather update as we've been providing those all week long regarding Saturday night's game. We've now gone from chance of lake effect snow showers to periods of snow, Steve, which sounds rather likely. It is a lake effect storm watch at this point in time, but before the afternoon is out today, it is probable that that moves up to a lake effect snow warning and when you go from a watch to a warning it means it's a coming yeah it's a coming and i did see our uh, good friend patrick hammer tweet out earlier about an hour ago that we could have as many as three to seven inches on the ground by kickoff yeah
0: i told you yesterday when they predict snow they don't miss in buffalo they don't miss they don't miss so, there you go. What are you going to do?
1: <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Right now, sustained winds expected to be 10 to 15 miles per hour. We saw some reports yesterday of gusts uh, up to about 30 miles an hour possible. Haven't seen anything new on that yet. Um, low of 26. So, wind chills probably have it in the teens. Man. And that's where you're at. It's going to be bad. Well, I mean, bad—you know,
0: bad—finger quotes won't be that bad for Buffalo fans because we've we've been through this before. And there's a you know a recap of the 1990 divisional round playoff with the Dolphins on YouTube. I was just I was just reminded of it uh, a minute ago on social media. Dan Marino and Jim Kelly it was 43 33 or something.
1: 44
0: 34. 44 34. Yep. Uh, Bills win by 10. It was it was the old turf. That they used to have that I that I had played on early in my career, uh, and it was so slippery. I show I showed you where they were. Tra- oh yeah, there was a pass rush going on. The Dolphins guard g- loses his feet, goes down to his knees, and just gets pushed. He's like in one position. He's just yeah. skidding. He looks like a blocking sled. Yeah, he's just sliding in reverse because it was because it was so slippery, and because it was so slippery. That's what turned it into a shootout, forty-four thirty-four. If it's slippery, and you got two guys that can sling it, like uh, you know Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, yeah, it's going to be yeah. a big. I don't know that it's going to be like
1: slippery because the new turf is different, and not only that. That's right. If the forecast indicates three to seven inches of snow, it's going to be more like the Indianapolis game in 2017, where there was measurable snowfall during the game on the field. Right. That that is completely different from the game that you're referencing where there was just a dusting of snow enough to make everything slick and, you know, horrible in terms of sure footing. Now three to seven inches of snow on the field is also going to compromise footing as well, which is why I found it so interesting yesterday, Steve, when we had Taron Johnson in studio (laughs) with us that he said, no, I don't change the way, you know, I try to move out there. And I guess when you're a defensive player, you're just trying to react anyway. And I asked, I asked LaShawn McCoy, who's the best snow player I've ever seen in my life. You know, what do you do differently to stay as balanced as you are? Because he would cut almost exactly the same way he did. He was on a dry field and his footing was never compromised. His technique was perfect because his shoulders were always over the top
0: of his feet and he could make change of direction like that. Uh, Most guys, you know, you step. You've, you've seen use it, guy use the outside of use your the foot. Of your he stays foot. up on the balls of your his feet. Foot Is that goes what you're stay wi- your foot stays really wide on your cut, and you kind of lean into it like a motorcycle turning a corner. And Chade didn't do that. And
1: he was an it's a, he was yeah. an anomaly. Yeah, he's yeah he
0: was. And it that sh- that snow game will go down in history as one of the all time coolest games ever. There literally was eight inches of snow on the field that fell during the game.
1: But I think that's what we could have if the snow band sticks around Saturday. Well night. yeah.
0: I mean we don't I don't know what it's gonna be like. It's too far away. It's forty eight hours away. So forty eight hours any any here, long.
1: Here's <laughs> another thing to think about, Steve. Yeah. The Bills are gonna be in the same exact uniform. Oh yeah. They're oh, wearing red all red which if there's snow on the field it's easier for Josh to spot people. <laughs> you, you know what that I mean? Right. You imagine if the Dolphins are going all whites on a snow they day, go
0: all whites, man. No, no, don't go with the uh, with the teal pants. Go with the white jerseys, white pants, all white.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If they go all white, white helmets too. You wonder if Tua sees the wrong thing, maybe because it kind of all blends together. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They'll I, think about it. I'll take it. Yeah, but that's uh, it's.
0: I, here's the thing, and and I like you tweet at us if you want, but I this is kind of a random question. Is this the kind of game? And I get it. Nobody wants to sit out there and, like in that, that Indianapolis game we're talking about, people are, there's always, we've all seen the picture of people sitting there in their seats and there's, like, snow accumulated on top of them. On their shoulders. I have a picture shoulders. of
1: my son and my brother-in-law right. with that very mm. thing happening. Piled snow
0: on their shoulders. Here's the thing. When it's over and you're home and it's like, you're, aw- that was awesome. I was there. I experienced I was there. But do you, is that kind of make this one of those games where, you know what, you kind of got to be there for this because you can wear it, you know, in in generations to come, you're going to tell your kids, let me tell you about the Dolphins game in 2022 division. We had the number one seed was on the line, Josh Allen, Tua, Josh and Tua, you know, it's going to be like, like Dan Marino, Jim Kelly kind of thing, right? I mean, it's going to be like one of those rivalries. Is this the kind of game just because of the weather You kind of think, gosh, you know what? I should be there because if I'm not there, there's going to be a time when I wish I was. You know what I mean?
1: Just for the story, right? Um, yeah, I could see that. I mean, this is this is. I went to a game back in 2022. (laughs)
0: Exactly, it was snowing sideways. Because I tell you, the 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 on running joke between the old guys is that you know you've met. 1.2 1.2 million people that were at the comeback at game. the comeback game, and they were the one person who didn't want to leave.
1: I didn't leave. Yeah,
0: yeah. Those are that, yeah. Half the
1: people were. I love all. I team.
0: love all 1.2 million of them. Yeah. But
1: you know, it's the way it is. And half of those people are trying to climb over the fence to get back in, in the third quarter. <laughs> I met a couple of those too. I met a couple of those. Other guys. They were a hundred miles away
0: and yeah. turned around and came back. Yeah. You know that. Oh well. So it's one of you. It it has a chance. And we all all know it. It could be one of those games. could be. It could be one of those games. Now, that Indianapolis game, the snow game from 2015, I guess, right? 2017. 2017. That snow game was epic by any standard. An overtime win for the home team, Bills. The the walk-off touchdown. The jersey colors, the white of the Indianapolis Colts and the all red of the Bills color rush uniforms – Eight inches of snow on the ground, the the and that really to me, and you look at the schedule and all this, and you if you go down and look at the Bills schedule. There's it's no, it's it is not a coincidence that the Bills have three of their last five at home in December.
1: What do you mean by that? It's no coincidence. TV. Oh, TV. wants TV games. wants games. Like this, I'm already here, and it's going to be bitterly cold in Chicago next week. Like right. down around ten. TV, television crews, and television. You're looking at a cold weather networks. game the rest of the way here. Yes, Chicago, absolutely. Cincinnati, Monday night. Absolutely, January second. Hello. Oh yeah,
0: they're all going to be cold games. They're all going to from be from very, very cold games from here on out. But I, th- but it's no point. Qu- that 2017 Colt game in Buffalo with the eight inches of snow on the ground during the game. That sets you up for getting some home games in December from here on, because it it it. people wherever they are, they hear about it while it's happening, and they go and they find it, and they they gravitate, they gravitate, and and you just get everybody wants to see it, everybody wants to see it, Mm -hmm. all of us want to see it. So my question would be, you know, Bills fans, you know, is this one you? You have to get rid of your tickets, or you'll never get rid of your tickets. Yeah. Right? I think it would be a never get rid for most I think he so. I think it's got to be one of those. Just right? The novelty of it all. Just yeah. So the uniqueness of it.
1: Yeah. Let's get to your bills. Practice updates presented by LeeCom Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine, and we know the following. Starting right guard Ryan Bates is out for this game due to an ankle sprain that he suffered in last week's game. He'll be replaced in the lineup, presumably, by the same guy that replaced him last week, Greg Van Roten, the veteran guard. Defensive tackle Jordan Phillips is going to miss his second straight game with a shoulder injury. So both of those players ruled out for Saturday night against the Dolphins. Matt Milano, Ed Oliver, Reggie Gilliam all improving, according to head coach Sean McDermott. They have not been ruled out. At practice today, we did see Reggie Gilliam out there, and I believe I saw Ed Oliver out there, too. And Matt Milano, according to Coach McDermott, was supposed to practice a little bit today, much like he did last week. Didn't practice on Wednesday and Thursday, practiced on Friday, listed as questionable, played on Sunday. It appears that it's trending in a similar direction, as this seems to be for Milano anyway, something that might be nagging him the rest of the way. He just has to manage it through the course of the practice week. And, you know, hopefully be good to go on Sunday. I
0: think Milano's in for a month of really hard practices. It's hard to make, you know. Yeah.
1: Um, The Dolphins, meanwhile, have some injuries in the secondary, which are of concern to them. And basically what they're looking at, Eric Rowe, their safety, starting safety, who got injured in last week's game, against the Chargers, did not practice yesterday. Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins, said today it doesn't look like they're going to have him for Saturday night's game. The reason that that is significant is because one of his backups is also on the injury report. Elijah Campbell is in concussion protocol. So he hasn't practiced at all this week either. So Rowe, unlikely to play on a short week with a hamstring injury, Elijah Campbell, his backup in concussion protocol at least through yesterday he was We'll see what happens today when the practice uh, participation and Thursday injury report comes out for the Dolphins today. So they're going to be a little short-handed on the back end and you know this, let's remind you this is a secondary that's been without Byron Jones all season long. Nick Needham, who is their primary nickel corner is still on injured reserve so, they're pasting it together on the back end uh, for the Dolphins, and they might be another man, possibly two men short this week. So my estimation, Steve, is that uh, either Clayton Fedellum or say that five times fast, or one of or a rookie Varone McKinley is going to have to play starting safety for the Dolphins on Sunday. I believe it's gonna be Feduladum who, you know Fedulum. Fedulum, is that how you say Fegulum, it? Fedulum, yeah. I always botch that name. Fedulum. And I look at the phonetic pronunciation and I still can't get it. It's Fedulum. Fedulum. Okay. It doesn't
0: it's not spelled how you pronounce it. I All right, but So I, it's, Clayton
1: Fedulum, yeah. the free agent they signed from Cincinnati, would presumably be the guy stepping into the starting lineup there. And, you know, we'll have to see how it goes on the back end for them because that group is a shell of what it normally looks like. It's not all that different from what Buffalo's secondary looked like in week three. Yeah. When they didn't have Poyer, Hyde had been lost for the season, Tredavis Dane White. Jackson was hurt, and Tradavius White wasn't back from, you know, his ACL rehab, obviously. Yeah, it was, it was Taron Johnson and everybody else. <laughs> right. Really? It was Jaquan Johnson, DeMar Hamlin, uh, Christian Benford, and Kair Elam. That was your starting secondary with Taron Johnson. So and they, and, up, and they gave up 21 points. And let's not forget, no Ed Oliver or Jordan Phillips in that game.
0: And they had and they gave up 21 points to the Miami Dolphins. And one of them was after Josh fumbled it on his five on our the five yeah. yard line.
1: The, other, so, the other thing to note here, we'll Steve, with regard to injuries, is Jeff Wilson suffered a hip injury in last week's game against the Chargers. He has not practiced at all this week. So if he does play on Saturday night. He's not going to be healthy. Raheem Mostert is not listed on this injury report, but he's been on and off the report with a knee problem that he's been managing. So each of their top two backs, presumably not 100%. We don't even know if Wilson's going to play. Um, so yeah, they're they're fighting through some stuff right now. And you might see you know a return to the lineup of Salvin Ahmed or maybe Miles Gaskin if Jeff Wilson can't go. And then Teron Armstead, their left tackle. Yeah. The guy's got a laundry list of injuries. Did you see that? Knee, elbow. He's ankle. got a knee, peck, and a toe injury. Knee, the toe, toe has been yeah. bad. I heard him say a couple of weeks ago that he expects to be dealing with that the rest of the season. That's not going away until the end of the year. But now he's got a peck problem and a knee problem. So he's probably playing on one leg out there. Um, yeah. And their right tackle, Austin Jackson, is on injured reserve. So it – yeah, they've got my how the tables have turned. They've got from Brandon Schell
0: listed at ta- tackle, but Eric Fisher is also on their squad. Who they? That's right. Up. They just picked him up. Um, so yeah, they every t- but you know you can't. And I know it's it's fun for fans. No, you don't to bank on injuries. You can't bank on any of that stuff because the Bills are going to feel really good about the guys they run out there. They felt okay about them um, in week three, and they should have. They they played okay. They did. Um, gave up twenty one points. To a Dolphin, now now they got some complimentary football because the Dolphins only had the ball for less than 20 minutes or just at 20 minutes of the game, and the Bills had it for 40. But they played really well defensively against these guys in their first meeting. Like I said, they gave up a couple of touchdowns, but two, 14 points. And then the third touchdown, which they did give up technically, was when Josh got a sack-strip fumble inside the 10-yard line of the Bills. And the Dolphins walked into a short field, so right. it was it was one of those games where the Bills just couldn't muster enough offense to put pressure on those guys,
1: despite sixty three pass attempts, right, and four hundred yards through the air, right. Yeah, they they didn't the six they eight. didn't get it done in the red zone. Yeah. That was the well, problem. that's right. They turned it over, so, so yeah. Uh, we are anticipating the arrival shortly of one Micah Hyde for his weekly segment, nothing to hide. So if you have any questions for him, fire them off to us at one bills live. You'll be happy to answer those. I'm curious to get from Micah, Steve, what has been the chatter in the locker room this week, if at all about the anticipated weather conditions, because you've got some guys in that locker room who did play in the Indianapolis snow game here in 2017. Shaq Lawson played in that game. Obviously, Micah played in that game. Jordan Poyer played in that game. Deion Dawkins. So there are some, there's a handful of guys that played in that game. Uh, so I'll be interested to get a thought or two from him on that subject just to see, you know, at what level is that even being discussed? Obviously, you've got this mindset and this focus to get ready for your opponent, your assignments, master everything, the game plan, et cetera. But it's human nature to also – and it's proper preparation to consider the conditions too, is it not? So I'm just kind of curious where that sits on the priority. You start thinking
0: about stuff like you know, what are you going to wear on the field underneath your jersey and your sleeves and your pants. And one of the problems is if you start putting on long johns, you put a couple of layers of long johns on, uh, are they going to be waterproof? And however many layers you put on – is in direct proportion as to how high you can lift your knees when you run, (laughs) you know, um, you can put on a bunch of layers on top, but what most guys do on top is they'll, they'll put on all their sleeves and their shirts, but they cut all of their shirts off just above the waist so they don't have to tuck anything in. They tuck their Jersey in and that's it. Yeah. Everything else is because anything you tuck into your waistband, it, 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 it's hard to move your legs and your hip. Everything starts to bind up in there. Um, so you start planning on that like you're asking guys in the locker room and all that you can bet there's a lot of communication gone going on like guys with like Mike Micah and Jordan Poy and all these guys that did play in that game what'd you do How, what do you remember It's been 2017 so some of these guys are like oh gosh what what did I wear you yeah. know
1: yeah it's been a minute it's not right? like you,
0: uh, I, maybe they do maybe they're smart enough to do that but you write that stuff down and keep track of it but nobody does I mean, you're just trying to get
1: through the day because you never know if it's going to work or not until you get out and play in the game. That's right. Uh, Speaking of the Dolphins, they're poking fun at the weather forecast. We saw head coach Mike McDaniel. uh, The video practically went viral on social media where he wore a T-shirt to practice that said, I wish it was colder playing off of a T-shirt he wore in training camp that said, I wish it was hotter. Um, You know, he also said this week, that he does not consider the weather forecast one iota uh, and doesn't think it's a factor unless you decide to make it one. I would respectfully disagree with that mantra because I think it does matter. Um, I don't know where you come down on it, Steve, but the weather is a factor. I And to just summarily dismiss it out of hand, I, I, I my only guess is he's trying to downplay it So his players don't make an issue of it. Maybe it's a little bit of a coaching tactic. I don't know. Um, It's real. And then Tua yesterday (laughs) at the podium says, you know, guys, because he got asked like five snow questions in a row. And he's like, guys, it snows at Alabama, too. Um, Right. But I think it was – I believe I want to get this right and make sure I have the right person when I say this and give credit where it's due. It was a great – Response to the comments made by Tua, like it snows in Alabama. I've seen snow before, not a big deal. And I, <laughs> I retweeted the response. It was one of our local news reporters. I want to say it was Michael Schwartz, and I hope I have that name right. And forgive me if I don't. But he basically responded, and he, I was, he was res- he responded by saying, Alabama annual snowfall seven inches. Snowfall in Buffalo. On November thirteenth, seventy-seven inches. Yeah, it's different. Right, it's different. So to tell me that it snows in Alabama—that's all well and good. I think it's safe to say that's different snow here, right?
0: Oh yeah, and like I said, you know, we—I've been in Buffalo for th- over thirty years, thirty-five years. You've been here for a couple of decades as well. Yeah. There's only been one game like like that, and and one game. So that's living in Buffalo. So I don't know where you play or wherever it is you play. Whatever, you're not going to have a game like that one, um, or maybe not this one. You can't. It can't prepare for it. But I know this: the Dolphins will do this, and the Bills will do it as well. You just got to embrace it. Say, let's go. Let's go have some fun. Let's play. The weather is what it is. Let's go. And that's
1: that's how you have to approach these games. I'm sure the Dolphins are going to do that, and I know the Bills will. Break time for us when we come back. We'll be joined in studio by one Micah Hyde, Bill's safety, with his Nothing to Hide weekly segment next here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here on a Thursday and joined in studio, as we are every week, by Bill safety, Micah Hyde, for his Nothing to Hide segment. And we'll get to Mm -hmm. your questions for Micah in just a second. But But first, first,
0: we have questions.
1: Well, yeah, and there's also (laughs) an announcement that needs to be made as well. Uh, And it's good news, right, Micah? It's
2: great news. It's great news. Uh, Am I taking it away? Yeah, Yeah, take it. man. Take it. Um, Yeah, so the, the charity softball game that we have here, and uh, in Buffalo annually, it is is scheduled for May seventh. Nice, May seventh. So is we have a date. date. May seventh is the date for sure. We're looking forward to it. Um, it's always a good time. Yeah, my man my Steve came out, you know, this year. I love it because I don't um, have to do
0: anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just
2: <laughs> you, he just walks out the walks out the the, told, the dugout and I
0: told Mike if I have to jog, I'm gonna sue. You.
2: <laughs> it's just always mm, a great time, man. And, and to be in front of the fans, and it, I think it comes at the perfect time. You know, OTAs are going on. It's after the draft. You know, the young guys are the in. Weather town. is finally turned. Weather, weather is turned, and um, yeah, yeah, we just uh, we just love a the event. Great turnout. Oh, be yeah,
0: it really is a great. It it's, I mean, I know COVID is we mm-hmm. it is an awesome event. Yeah, it's run well. Yep. Ton of um, the guys all show up. Yep. Fans love it. Yeah. A lot of interaction. We got we got to
1: sell it's,
2: out this year. You got yeah. We got to sell out. I think it's sixteen thousand. I couldn't
1: make it last year. I was going to pick up my daughter at college. Uh, uh, I gotta get there this year. Got gotcha. to. It's fantastic. Yes. It's fantastic, and,
0: and it really is. It's well run. The, the money goes to a great cause. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. It's, yeah. uh, and it's. It comes at the perfect time of year. You said, mm-hmm. man. Everybody's mm-hmm. like excited about the player, The full, the guys back right. in town. OTA and it's. Yeah. Everybody's outside, uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, yeah. let's yeah. go. You yeah. know, it's really
1: fun. Now, yeah. there's a pretty good chance by that time you're going to have the green light to play, right? You can play
2: in that, right? If yeah, yeah, the softball game was today, I'm playing. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, there's, no, there's nothing holding me back from the softball game. I'm, I'm, I'm lifting. I'm running. You know, my doctor's saying no contact right now, but. You know, if, if we were playing a softball game, I might be playing right now. Yeah, so I will for sure kind of May 7th. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's May 7th, i I'm for sure be out there. So in,
1: awesome. in due course, as the date gets closer, there will be information provided out there in, in terms of how to get tickets. Obviously, Mike is working with the Bisons once again. So mm-hmm. just mark it on your calendar for now. And then when ticket information comes out, we'll be sure to pass it along sure. to we'll you, you know. so you can make sure you attend the game. Okay. Uh, this is the first question. Obviously, there's snow in the forecast for Saturday night, mm-hmm. Micah. You obviously played in the 2017 game against the Colts here where there was measurable snow on the field. Mm -hmm. When you're in your scope and you're in your zone, you know, preparation for the game, you know, preparing for assignments, execution of the game plan, personnel you're going against, opponent, all Mm -hmm. of this stuff, tendencies. Where does the... Possible weather rank on the priority scale in that list of preparation.
2: Um, well, you you always got to know if it's going to be a bad weather game. Um, I, you know, being in Buffalo you know, with the snow with the wind, it, it has to be at the top of your priority because oh, at the game, top, okay, yeah, close to the top. Yeah, um, because you know you got to know. Um, how their game plan or how the offense is going to attack us if it's a snow game, if it's okay. a windy game, if you know that t- those type of games. You know, obviously, um, Patriots game last year was just yeah. uh, you know super windy. Um, 2017 snow game against um, the the Colts. Like those are type of games that you know you just you gotta you gotta know the, how the weather's going to be because defensively you got to prepare if it's a run game, if it's a pass game, that type of stuff. So
0: yeah, and you go out to um, on a, a it's different for the type of weather it is like. Like last week you you saw those guys. it was raining yeah and it was but it was like 30 it was above freezing mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and then it's kind of turned into ice all that stuff yeah, and then the mix is different. It's almost better and you tell me we were talking about it. It's better if it's snowing, not raining am 100%. I right
2: i'm I'm all for the snow and usually when it snows that much, it's not that cold. so um i'm I'm all for the snow. Rain, I'm not a big fan of, Um, and then the wind, you know, my, my punt return the, days. That's, that's yeah, different. the rain, that's the rain. difficult.
0: Here's the, th- here's the reason, because when it snow, you don't get wet, mm-hmm. as crazy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Rain, once you get wet, you ain't warming up no, ever. You, not at all. It's like that 35-minute shower mm-hmm. after the game where you stand under the hot water and just kind of get just, your core temperature. You have to get it back. Right?
2: That game was wild. I, I still can't. Even when, even when I look at pictures you know I, my wife was saying they couldn't even see it watch the game from the box they couldn't even see it on TV I'm running and I'm on the snow and then I you you hit the yard line because right. they were you right. know right. yeah so and you would you would drop down seems like a, a half an inch yeah. and you're like I'm about to like tear my tear my groin out right. the run at full speed you know on different surfaces So it was, it was wild yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah people forget so stepping off a step yeah yeah, yeah. people forget like Nathan Peterman started that game. Tyrod was hurt. Mm-hmm. Peterman goes out with a concussion. You got Joe Webb in the game. I still can't believe Deontay Thompson made that catch. That's insane. That was on a
2: sideline. And then and then like Shady the whole game. It's like he wasn't running in snow. Yeah, he was playing a different game. Than yeah, all he you guys. was. Yeah, like he. The, He's the, the best snow player I've ever seen. The, yeah, yeah. Philly days back when he was best. player I've ever. That seen. that game winning run was like no one else was running as fast as him. Yeah, it was. It was impressive. He's
1: completely unaffected. I, yeah, I don't know how yeah. he does it. I asked him after the game, like, "Do you do anything different?" He's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "All right, forget it. I'm not getting
3: anywhere with that." question. he just, he just doesn't even, doesn't look even look register not even register. It's unbelievable. Running. Look, 32
2: yeah. is like trying to get through the snow, and this like, dude's just plowing there. through yeah. it. it uh, but there might be measurable speed. snow
1: like that. No way. On Saturday night, the they're same? saying yeah. three to seven inches on the field possible uh, during the day, during by game time. Yeah. So no way. I mean, they'll. I'm sure they'll have the tarp down. But if it's still snowing after kickoff, it oh, could man. pile up like it did. i got to make sure I have my
2: boots.
0: In they'll 2017. To, <laughs> the sure. the, the yeah.
1: rule says, and I believe that the, the window is
0: 90 minutes before the game, they got to have the field uncovered. you got to have the tarp off. Mm-hmm. you got to have the tarp off. So that's an hour and a half.
2: So if it's snowing it, two inches a, an hour. Why is it a, what is it a rule if it's, it's like a, not a competitive advantage for each team?
0: Well, because they, they, they want it off in time for guys to go out and warm up. Proper warm-up time. Got gotcha. you. So they got to have it uncovered so they makes can go sense. out and warm up. Mm-hmm. But that's the latest they can. I think that's the hold latest it, they yeah. can hold it. Got gotcha. you. Um, and that means you know, and that's if it snowed last night, you can keep the field tarp, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and nice. all the way up. So that that's the window so guys can go out early, yeah, and start you know fooling around on the field and see yeah. how it goes. That makes sense. And all right, and yeah, it's we'll see. They'll have they'll have it covered. <laughs> they'll have it covered if it's an eight twenty, and they'll do it right to the if it's an eight fifteen kickoff that's yeah we'll see six forty five. We'll six forty five. they have yeah. to take it off
1: yep let's, let's get to the nothing to hide tweet sheet your questions for micah to answer as we do every week this one from joe what was it like growing up in fosterio ohio and how and when did you come to have a street named after you i am a truck driver from buffalo mm. and i spotted this while no working way.
2: go bills no way that's uh yeah in my hometown i got a Um, A couple years ago, after one of my football camps, Um, we have every year we have a 500 kid free football camp.
3: Nice.
2: Um, Yeah, and they surprised me. They even have a picture of it. That's wild. We got a crack
1: staff in there. Look at
2: that, man. Yeah. So you know they uh, they they surprised me with that, and it's you know it's it's amazing to see. You know it's it's right leading up to the stadium. You know a place that I've spent you know a a ton of hours just out there, just trying to you know fine tune my craft with my boys, my friends, growing up, my family. Um, so you know, I was very surprised, and you know, it took me back. So, um, but it, how was it growing up in Fall Story? It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. It's small town Ohio. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any other way. It, it taught me um, everything I know to this day. I still play for that community, for that city. And, um, you know, the whole community raised me. I'm a single parent, and I was a, I was all over the city with a ton of people at my friend's house, and the whole community raised me, so I wouldn't change for anything. Now, night. is
1: that awesome. the the street you grew up on that they renamed? No, no, no Or that's is just, it right around the corner? That's from lead up you. right to the stadium. And then, okay. Yeah, Yeah. so I – The high I'm, school stadium. Yeah,
2: right. I, I grew up in, a you know, four or five different streets, but that, that gotcha. was lead up to the stadium. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Cool. Second question from Daniel. Just hoping your rehab is going well and that you'll be full go next year. I hate that you are not playing we miss you on the field. We want you and Pole back together again, so you can retire a Buffalo Bill. Um, what are the doctors telling you? Are
2: things going pretty well with the rehab? Things are going great. Um, like I said, I'm running, I'm lifting. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm in you know amazing shape right now. So I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. Um, if it was up to me, i would, you know I, I I would love to get back out there, but um, it's not up to me. It's up to my doctor. So yeah.
1: right. So are you learning quickly? Uh, how tough it was for Trey wanting to yeah, come back because yeah. you're probably going through that right now. Oh, I'm
2: I'm I'm itching, but at the same time, I I know I had a long conversation with my doctor but even before surgery and after surgery, and, and you know he understands that he has to protect me from myself. Yeah, um, you know I'm just that type of guy that I just want to be out there. I want to be helping the team. And even though I feel great, which he said I was going to after surgery, I was going to feel great. But it's all about, you know, what the scans are showing and how healthy I really am on the mm-hmm. inside. So um, I understand that. But, you know, I'm still going to try to push. Right.
0: Him. That's the way it is. I, I've told I've got buddies you know, I've gone through the knee surgeries mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And they always tell you the,
2: the easier and slower you take it right after surgery, the yeah.
0: fewer setbacks you have. Exactly. When you really do turn
2: it up. Exactly. Right? And that's, yeah. that's exactly what I did. I didn't do anything for for a while. Right. And I was out in San Diego and I, I was just st- walking around the house. That's all I really could do <laughs> yeah. and so you know when I got back here I took it really slow and I, I just I love where I'm at um, mentally now you know it was, it's, it's still you know up and down just knowing you know that I feel like I could be helping the team but I'm not able to be out there and obviously game days are pretty tough for me but I just try to you know pull up put all that behind me I got a new role and I'm excited for this opportunity that I have.
1: Okay, so with that in mind, from Sharon, will it be more difficult to defend Hill and Waddle if we get the snow that's anticipated during the game? There's this old adage that offensive players have the advantage in snowy conditions because they know where they're going, and you as a defender have to be the reactive player. Is there any merit to that old adage, or no? I don't. I
2: don't. I don't think the offense has advantage. Okay. I. I kind of like it. I kind of like when it's snowing. I. You know. I. I feel like the defense. Um, any type of weather game has the advantage because, you know, if it's windy, um, quarterback can't throw into the wind, it's we, we have to that execute. advantage. If it's a snow game, we know they got to run the ball. They're not going to be able to pass it. If it's raining, then we know, you know, it's a good, good opportunity to punch the ball out because the ball is wet. So it, it can go both ways, I mean, I guess, but I, I'm a defensive mind, so I feel like that's the advantage for us.
1: <laughs> You're right, though. The weather can <laughs> force – an offense into being a one-dimensional yeah. offense, and if you yeah. are not that good at that one dimension, big-time mm-hmm. advantage yeah, for exactly. uh, for the D.
0: And that's the thing too; it's it's a little bit unpredictable in how it's almost like a matchup problem with the weather. Exactly. How does your offense match up with the mm-hmm. weather? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's and, his, and, that, that's yeah. big, that's and that's also match up with the defense. But and all special teams. The, I, I think right.
2: special teams field position plays the biggest role. Because if you're punting into the wind or with the wind, you know how big of a field position uh, position battle that could be. And then same thing for rain and then snow. Like, it's, it doesn't matter. It, I just feel like what you said, it's about matchups. How do you match up against the weather? And, you know, we've we've played in this a lot. Uh, we have a quarterback that le- loves to play in the weather game. So, you know, we feel like we can go out there and, you know, play our best with, with the weather.
1: Who right. knew all that time in Laramie, Wyoming, would be an advantage for Josh now? Pretty <laughs> right. wild. Yeah. Uh, time for one more quick one here, and this one's from Tony. Do opposing players joke around and laugh during the game? I guess he's asking like during timeouts, TV timeouts, and stuff when you're both mm, sitting there on the field. And then who's the funniest guy? Yeah. Who's the funniest guy you've played against?
2: Oh wow, that's that's a that's a very good question. Yes, so guys part do one, joke guys around. guys do joke around. Okay. Guys do joke around. Um you have all different types of of, of people. Like I feel like I'm kind of one of those guys that that joke around to the other team, you oh, know, really? until okay. until like it really gets it really gets in the heat of the right, battle right. and someone's talking every, junk, then you know time. you got to go out there and it, it turns <laughs> yeah. into it turns into that game. And it's not yeah. funny anymore. It's not funny yeah. anymore. Okay. But uh <laughs> <laughs> but the the number one guy
1: funniest guy you've played against. Someone that just maybe cracked you up in the middle of a game like you weren't oh, expecting Man. Uh I
2: think it's always fun playing against former players that you've that you've played with. Oh former teammates. Right. Right. Former sorry. teammates, I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. I, I feel like that's always that's always pretty funny because you go to war with these guys every single week and then when they're on the other team, you gotta pretend like you you know, like you don't like them. Like, yeah. you you know, even pregame. Unless you got a lot of material on them. Exactly. From being a teammate. Exactly. Like. So, like, you're, you know, pregame, you're talking to them and it's you no, know, you know, you're hugging. Steve, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like you're hugging, but you're really like, <laughs> I want to win today. Like, I, that's just how I am. I want right, to win. Right. It's kind of that Kobe mentality. Like, he, gotcha. you know, you're playing against your boys, but you want to play harder. So then when you get to the game, it kind of is funny. It kind of is funny, you know, especially playing against like uh, Shaq the last couple years. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, sure. Playing against Big Phil. Uh, Playing against those type of guys. So I don't know who the funniest opponent, you know, other than those guys – are but um definitely former jack teammates. would be a pretty good answer oh hilarious
1: i mean the, the winter coat this week he's doing the jordan phillips out well, there well, practice. yeah big
2: Phil started that he's been he he did that in his first go around here why would mm-hmm. big
1: guys want to do that though they're so they get so sweaty so fast anyway you're putting a winter <laughs> jacket on
2: look man I, and what does that what jacket do smell practice? like after it practice is, that's yeah, got to I mean, go well, to the cleaners i'm not smelling it i'm not smelling it um, i don't know how you avoid it all you gotta do is walk by it yeah that's well, true but you know those guys they do whatever you gotta do to get through yeah. practice that's all all I say. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> you, you get out to the court. That's, that's a look, man. That's a look at
0: For me, I always dreaded going out and practice in weather like this. I always dreaded going out to practice like in days like this. Than I did more so to the game. 100%. It was always a thousand percent. Harder to go out and practice mm-hmm. in well because you weather. get up for a game. Is that what you're saying? Like the okay. game is the game. The game is worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The practice is The game is like we it. everybody's crazy. <laughs> it was and yeah. you're
2: going out there and you don't care what the weather is. You want to win. The um, practice comes around.
0: We had and we have Pat Hammer now. Everybody talks to Pat. We used to have a rookie's job. His role was to go outside. We used to practice in the stadium all the time. The uh, field house wasn't here. So we'd send the rookie out to the stadium and come back with a weather report. And he'd put on the, he'd put on the <laughs> board and say, okay, it is a locker day. Because if you got it in your locker, you got to put it on. That's it's, hilarious. Uh, yeah, That's so great. that was a rookie's job every day. Because so, we were practicing the exact same spot every day. And it was, it was Brutal. important. Brutal. And if you got it wrong, you know, the guy see, you but I, about. What I've
2: noticed here is that like, you do have to get used to the weather, though. Yeah, like oh, you, yeah. You have to get used to it. You have to get used to playing it. And so that's kind of, I mean, in that sense, it's an advantage. Like, I feel like with me personally being in cold weather games my whole entire life, like, I haven't right. been, out, been able to get out of it. Um, I, like, mentally, there's nothing better than December football knowing that it's going to be like that. And the other team's coming in. They're going to be dreading it. They're talking about the weather all week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're all here just walking through the snow, walking through the salt just it's not a shock it's, yeah. it's a it's a night game you know what we're just i guess we're just a little bit crazy yeah here. you go out on the game
0: That's for free i it's love like, it yeah okay i love let's it I right. love it let's yeah. go I got
2: we are out of time
1: already but micah thanks for stopping in we'll catch up with you next week sounds
2: good thanks uh for
1: school those guys up on the sidelines on saturday on night event may yeah congrats on the event may 7th, yeah, the event, may 7th. The softball wait. tournament the softball charity event is back mark it on your calendars for may 7th we'll take a break here be back with field yates espn fantasy football guru next on one bills live All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here on a Thursday. Time for the ultimate fantasy lineup for Week 15, presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more and here to do the honors as he does every week, your ESPN fantasy football expert and NFL insider Field
4: Yates. How we doing, Field? I'm doing great, guys. Happy Thursday to you. Although I suppose it's kind of like Friday, right? With the game yes. on Saturday evening. Yes, right. Our days have been shifted just a bit this week. I uh, certainly can't wait for Saturday night. What's the official uh one bills drive? One bills live on one bills drive. What is the one bills live forecast for Saturday night? Yeah, right now
1: they're saying seventy percent chance of snow showers there is a chance there could be measurable snow on the ground by kickoff, depending on when the tarp comes okay. off, you know, could be three to seven inches of snow on the field.
4: I love it. Everything about it. I love it all.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. Um, all right. So Justin Herbert is starting to look more like Justin Herbert field the last couple of weeks. Maybe that root cage is finally healthy. You're hopping on the train.
4: That's right. And speaking of healthy Brownie, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, also healthy. So it stands to reason that Justin Herbert will be a little bit more like himself. So he is our quarterback for this week. The price is 8,300 bucks. It's a very good matchup as well because while Tennessee certainly can run the football on offense, they don't throw it much. They don't defend it very much uh, on the, on the back end in the passing game as well. So a good matchup here for Justin Herbert to exploit against the Chargers wouldn't surprise me if he surpasses 300 yards passing.
0: No, that's always that would be very nice and I kind of agree with you as well Tennessee seems to be going sideways uh, which is something we don't see him do very often that's that looks like a good matchup to me as well the running backs you've got uh, this week give us a rundown on Najee Harris and Ezekiel Elliott
4: yeah heavy hitters here right Najee Harris who hasn't necessarily been a high ceiling player but has been a high floor player believe it or not for the Steelers, he's been running better of late. He has also been finding the end zone of late, which is good. Uh, and he has been a little bit involved in the passing game, not nearly as much as last year, but enough to make it worth his while at six thousand six hundred bucks. And then Zeke Elliott, who you mentioned as well, who keeps scoring touchdowns. He scored a touchdown in six straight games that he has played in. Obviously, Tony Pollard has a big role for Dallas as well. But when the Cowboys get close to the to the end zone, we know who their best power back option is. That remains Ezekiel Elliott. So a reasonably good matchup against the Jaguars, he also finds his way into the lineup.
1: All right, let's move to the receivers. And you got like a little mixed bag here, but you are double dipping with your quarterback.
4: That's right. And I try to almost always find a stack, but the three receivers this week are Christian Kirk, Chris Olave, and Mike Williams, priced at 7,100, and then 7100 again, and then $7,200 for Mike Williams, who, of course, is stacked with Justin Herbert. Christian Kirk's volume has remained steady all season, even if he's not a great end zone threat of late. The targets are piling up, and at some point, you have to figure those targets turn into yet another trip to the end zone. Meanwhile, Chris Olave draws a very favorable matchup. The Falcons have been a bit better of late defending the pass, uh, especially because A.J. Terrell has played much more like his usual self, which is a borderline all-pro cornerback. That being said, still not a great area of depth for Atlanta, so I think Chris Olave and the Saints can move the football effectively on Sunday. The game is being played in New Orleans in what is a virtual must-win for the Saints. Give us a little
0: synopsis, Chris Olave, about the year he's had. He's a rookie. We didn't don't know too much about him. When did he emerge as a guy that – you know what, you got to think about him.
1: When everybody else got hurt down there, right? (laughs) Yeah,
4: that certainly helped. Yeah, it was actually a quiet time uh, when Chris Olave and the Saints played the Falcons very early on in the season. He was limited to like three catches in that game. But, you know, the Saints felt really good about Olave when they made that trade up in the draft. It was that trade with Philadelphia, like maybe a month or two before the draft, and it involved all these picks going back and forth on either side. The net result was that New Orleans had two first-round picks last year, and the first one ended up being Chris Olave. So they felt really good about him. But for fantasy purposes, once Mike Thomas and once Jarvis Landry got banged up early, he became the man in New Orleans, and he has really thrived as part of a very good group of rookie wide receivers, especially guys taken in the first round. All right,
1: so let's uh, wrap up the lineup here. Tight end, flex, and D. You got a couple
4: of appearances by the Jets. Yes, we do. Tight end, tight end Tyler Conklin is in the mix here for the Jets. We'll see who starts at quarterback on Sunday. And as you might expect, if it is Zach Wilson, my confidence will wane in this selection. So there's an opportunity to pivot. But if it is Mike White, I think uh, he and that Jets defense probably impressed you guys this past Sunday. I thought that it was a pretty gritty effort from both Mike White and that defense uh, keeping it close. I mean, it was just 20, 20 to 12 game. Uh, against Buffalo, obviously, and the Bills are as good as it gets in the league. So I was impressed by the Jets' effort. Tyler Conklin, a big body in the middle of the field, who he and C.J. Uzama both got big contracts this offseason from the Jets. Conklin's been the far busier of the two. I expect that one to stay that way going forward with Chris Godwin in the flex spot here. And Godwin's volume has just been absolutely ridiculous, as you guys know. The Bucs can't throw the ball, can't run the ball at all this year. So basically what they've done is they've turned Chris Godwin into an extension of their running game as he's catching all these passes within like five yards of the line of skirmish. So the volume is terrific. He's at $7,000. I just referenced the uh, Jets defense, which is my final pick here. Again, usual caveats apply. Don't like to pay too much money, $4,100. And while the Lions uh, offense has certainly been red hot of late, I can't overstate this. Lions are a different team playing outdoors and indoors. We could see the same thing with Miami, and it's not outdoors versus indoors, but it's cold weather versus warm weather. That's how the Lions are as well. So I expect the Jets defense to have its way on Sunday uh, in what looks like no snow impact or anything, but like a 30-degree day uh, in East Rutherford, New Jersey.
1: All right, Field, thanks for being flexible with your schedule this week. We got, we, we found yeah. enough time to squeeze you in. We know you're a busy man. We'll let you jump and catch up with you next week.
0: Thanks, Field.
4: All right, guys,
1: stay warm up there. Looking forward to Saturday night. Yeah, it should be great. All right, that's ESPN NFL insider and fantasy football expert Field Yates who brings you your ultimate fantasy lineup each and every week. Presented by FanDuel, make every moment more. We will take a break here when we return. Our number two will include – one Thurman Thomas who will be joining us in a little bit, so be sure to stay tuned for that, Steve and I, to discuss a lot more concerning this Bills-Dolphins matchup next here on One Bills Live.
0: Presented by Kaleida Health.
1: Woo-ha! It's One Bills Live. It's hour number two here on a Thursday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. motoring our way through a Thursday edition of the show. And it is time now for Sound Bits. Presented by Tim Hortons. Hear how quarterback Josh Allen, safety Jordan Poyer, and the rest of the Bills are preparing to brave what could be another snow game should the circumstances arrive this Saturday night against the Dolphins,
3: we know it's going to be snow. Uh, that's and you know, I asked our uh, our guy Jeff Missouri, I go, what do we expect? And he just said snow. That's it. So um, it's going to be snowy and cold for them. It's going to be snowy and cold for us. Um, we'll have to deal with it to, to the best of our abilities. Is there anybody on the team that really likes it? The cold. Dawson Knox. Just gets, gets to take all those photos outside and warm ups with this tank top on, and he looks good, so I'm not going to do that.
0: Oh, uh, we can't wait. Um, yeah, I mean, in the cold is how football is meant to be played, and I think everyone that's up here is happy to play in the cold. We just came in from a 20-degree practice like it was nothing. Um, so we're, we're super excited for the elements. We hope we hope it's as cold as it can possibly be on Saturday night.
2: You get off the plane and that wind chill hits you for the first time, it, it plays a factor. You know, it definitely played a factor in my head. I'm like, I do not want to be here right now.
3: Yeah, it is what it is. You know, playing in Buffalo, playing in December in Buffalo, um, it's not the easiest task to do. Um, but again, it's it's cold for them, it's cold for us. Uh, we, we get to practice in it. That's one advantage that we get. And it's something that we've played in before, so. Um, we got to use it. Now that we're
0: used to it, it's it's like nothing. But um, something that can affect the game a little bit more would be
5: like harsh winds, mm-hmm. rain, snow, stuff like that. But um, we're as used to it as anybody, so we'll be ready for it.
3: This is our weather here, you know what I mean? Uh, so it'll be good to uh, get those guys down here and play play a great game.
4: I think right now um, we feel most of it would be here Saturday is according to the the model. Like, the, the you know, nothing as as big as what was last time and more of it on game day. So we'll continue to track it and monitor it, you know, and hopefully, hopefully we can play this game here.
0: I mean, they're going to be in the same conditions we're in. Um, You know, it's not like every day we're out playing in six inches of snow around here, you know? So I think perceptually people get this perception of that. We go out and practice in the snow every day. Um, But, um, you know, we're just, like I said, working on being focused
3: and and, uh, improving as a team.
2: I, I think it does, um, just like I said, understanding this is what it's going to be like, and it even might be even a little more cold, uh, more chilly, so um, we have we have great, Like our equipment guys do a great job of getting us ready and getting us prepared to play in cold weather games, and it's something that we embrace. Um, you know, other teams might not like coming here and playing in it, but that's, it is what it is, and you know, we got to deal with it, they got to deal with it, and it's going to be fun, it'll be a fun matchup.
3: I, I took my shoes off right now because my toes are still frozen from practice.
1: All right, that is Sound Bits presented by Tim Hortons. Weather is certainly a subject this week. And, you know, we had Micah Hyde in studio here just last hour. And he said, when you are preparing for a game, you have all the things you normally prepare for every week. But when weather is clearly going to be part of the equation, it's very close to the top of your priority list, not only in terms of what you're going to be dealing with, but what cleats am I going to wear? You know, if it's a snowy yeah. field, what am I going to do? You know, that well, it's everything.
0: How many layers am I putting on? You can imagine. Buffalo people know this, and people who live in the cold weather know this. If your head is warm and your hands are warm and your feet are warm, you're pretty good to go. You know? The problem is this. you got football shoes on. They're not made to be warm. So your feet get cold and your hands you have to use your hands on every single play and you got these thin little gloves they get cold so your feet and your hands are cold and your head you can only put so much on under your helmet one you know like a head sleeve or something and that's just okay so as, as warm as your body might be able to be you still feel really chilled to the bone because your feet hands and head are cold uh, we had guys, and and you'll see it on the sidelines. They had those turbo heaters that looked like a great big long orange tube. You stand at one end of those, and, and heat fires out of it. Yeah, you gotta be careful not to get too close to those either. You get, we had guys melting their shoes because your feet are so cold. You put them up there to heat them up, and it gets so hot so fast, and you can't feel it. <laughs> your shoes. They had guys melting their shoes. Yeah. So somebody had a mitten they lit on fire last year by yeah. accident. Yeah. So, because you're so cold, you can't feel the heat reaching you. So there you go. I mean, it, it's a problem. It's a problem, and uh, and we'll see. I, I, you got to deal with it. Everybody's going to have to deal with it. Um,
1: Do you think the Dolphins have already lost the psychological battle if they're talking about it all week? Well, or is that the overblown? The Dolphin.
0: I don't. I don't buy that, really, because you know. Every time any dolphin goes to the podium, that's the question they're answering. So, yeah. it sounds like they're they're talking about it. They're all concerned with it. And, and in actuality, it's the, they're just answering questions that's been, that have been asked of them. So, I don't feel like those guys are sitting down there laying awake at night worried about it. Uh, but they, it's the lead story for this game all of a sudden. As the yeah. game gets closer, nobody wants to talk about, you know, the matchup with Miami defense and their secondary against the Bills passing game and – who's going to be playing wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, who's going to be playing corner for the Dolphins, who's playing safety, what's their secondary going to look like, yada, yada, yada. and I mean, uh, uh, Christian Wilkins. All this stuff's going on, and all that's now pushed off to the side, and everybody's talking about the weather. So, it's the story of the game so far, and and I don't know that they don't have a choice, that they just got to talk about it, whether whether they're concerned about it or not.
1: Yeah. One thing that we neglected to mention at the top of the show, I wanted to bring it up here – Basically, with the owner's meetings, there were several things that they covered there, one of which was the formal approval of the new stadiums, one of which obviously is the Bills Stadium that's expected to open in 2026. The Titans also have a proposed stadium that also was approved on their stadium-related agenda, so they basically in essence, got the blessing of the owners behind closed doors. So that, in addition to the extension of the Bills' lease at Highmark, it was set to expire before the start of next season, so they extended that as well. There were a number of stadiums around the league that also got approved for renovation costs. Dallas Cowboys are doing, like, almost $300 million in renovations and upgrades at AT AT&T Stadium. Um, Denver Broncos and the new ownership there you know the people from the walmart group they are doing a 100 million dollars in upgrades at their stadium and then the ravens are doing 1.2 billion dollars in renovations at their stadium i mean the bills new stadium is going to be 1.4 they're paying 1.2 just to renovate it
0: well these renovations
1: are extensive and we've seen it here at highmark too over the over oh, the years. i'm sorry i take it back <clears throat> that amount is going to be split between Baltimore's the Baltimore Ravens Stadium and Camden Yards for the Orioles. Sorry, you think that's about a it, split, and you think about it; those stadiums you still kind of think of as being new.
0: For old guys like me, yeah, we were. I was around when that thing was built, and yeah, it seems new to me. They, they're great stadiums, no question about it. They're located right downtown, and you know they're they're centerpiece of the downtown. They're, they're in, they share parking lots. It's It's a nice setup, no question about it. That's a lot of money to be rented just just for a new coat of paint.
1: Well, I think it's a little more than paint, (laughs) obviously. It better be for that cost. Uh, One other tiny little tidbit from the owners' meetings. The league previously announced that the NFL scouting combine will continue to be run in Indianapolis in 2023 and 2024. But for 2025 and beyond... They're looking at other options. Peter O'Reilly, the NFL executive vice president of club business and league events, said Indy has been a great host, but it's our role to evaluate and look at the other options. So this has been rumored for a few years now. I remember, Steve, when we were there last year, people were talking, wondering if it was going to be, if 2022 was going to be the last year in Indianapolis and if it might be, you know, an event that's on the move for the NFL they're always looking to maximize revenue so if they feel they can move it somewhere else and generate more revenue dollars in whatever way shape or form they will do it in um, fact yes in fact
0: I'll go a step further if they can move it someplace make it generate more revenue they don't even care if it, if it they'll put it on the moon oh they don't even oh and they don't even care if it's not even about football anymore because they'll just send their can- scouts and everybody out to do their own thing anyway. It turned out it was a way f- for them to consolidate, get the book on these guys, get doctors, get, a, get an objective set of doctor's hands on these and guys. it
1: was relatively centrally located it was, in Indy, right, relatively. Right, maybe right, not but so much for the West Coast team, And it
0: was also a chance to get them out and just see these guys with your, your eyes and sit down with them. And now it's become about two things. One – getting NFL doctors' hands on injured players in college. And the second one is sitting these young men down, looking them in the eye and asking them some pointed questions about their life, their background, their ambitions, and their football knowledge. That's what it's about. Nobody, None of these teams care about 40 times. They don't. It's interesting. It's fun and everything, but you've got guys like Brandon Bean up there watching Gabe Davis back in the day when he ran his forty time at the combine, cheering for him to run slow. He yeah, wants him. He wanted him he to run slow. He didn't want anybody else. He, like, to like he him. already liked. Him. He didn't care what the guy ran. He liked him. Didn't and didn't want anybody to know how if he was fast. So that's what the forty times about. They know. Oh yeah. So if they can move the combine someplace where they can make a you know another you know umpteen. Million dollars, they're going to move it and they don't care if it makes it easier or harder to scout these guys. If it makes more money, <laughs> right? <laughs> they don't care if they find out less about these guys and they're 40 times because it's more, it's about the medical and the interview process. That's it. Right. They don't care if this guy could bench 225, 30 times or 32 times. They really do
1: not care. Right. So, After this year and 2024, the Combine could very well have a new home location, but that's a decision to be made a little bit further down the pike, so we'll find that out in due course. One other bit of news that we didn't get to, and Steve, I know I talked to you about this before we came on the air. Drew Brees, former New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees, has joined the Purdue coaching staff as an interim assistant ahead of their appearance in the Citrus Bowl. The school made the announcement today, earlier today, and basically it's a situation where Breeze wants to come and help them with a transition with some coaching changes that are going to be happening. So he's trying to step in and support the program because head coach Jeff Brom left to take the head coaching job at Louisville. And, you know, this is a good team. They made it to the Big Ten title game, lost to Michigan, obviously, but they're going to be in the Citrus Bowl. And without their head coach, who was their primary play caller also, Breeze is coming in to try to help in that area uh, right. as they get ready for their bowl appearance in a couple of weeks.
0: Nice nice job yeah, by an uh, alum. Absolutely. And that's probably what this is. Now, I don't know that Drew Breeze has designs on becoming a coach or a no, head coach. No, I don't coach. think he does. Um, I think it's a gift to his alma mater. It's like a I think it's an awesome chance for young guys in the college ranks to get to rub up against a guy who's done it at the highest level for a long time as a hall of fame type caliber player before he actually is even voted in uh tremendous you know he's drew Brees has tremendous cachet in the football world for his throat his career as a a saint and to go back and give that gift give the gift of his knowledge and expertise and his friendship to the university where he came out
1: of is is great yeah it's great couple of things I didn't know about Breeze's career. I wouldn't have guessed 13 Pro Bowls, but that's how many he went to. And he was the first quarterback in NFL history to break 80,000 career passing yards. The first. Oh, yeah. Did that in 2020. He's an all-timer. It's pretty cool. He's an all-timer. Yeah. They, um, and obviously the one Super Bowl title. And
0: he, does, he doesn't really get the respect, you know, that would be given to somebody that should be given to a guy of his caliber. Certainly, Sean Payton gets some of the credit, but that's the way it is for quarterbacks and head coaches. They kind of go hand in hand. Right. And uh, coaches can coach until they're 70, obviously. So, um, a player is a little bit more brief than that. Drew Brees is – folks, Drew Brees was an all-timer. He came here to Buffalo, remember, and beat the Bills 41,
1: what, 41-11? 46-10. 46-10. 47-10.
0: 47-10. It was – and it was not even close. Um,
1: and he didn't even throw that much. He
0: was – yeah, he's an all-time great. All-time great. No question about it.
1: Yeah. So, good luck to him. That'll probably draw some more eyeballs to the Citrus Bowl. Like, oh, let's see how he does. I wonder, wonder how he does. You know, see what he, a, yeah, see how he does. Assistant coach helping on the offensive side of the ball, presumably. So, yeah, kind of a neat little twist to that bowl game, Citrus right. Bowl. I didn't even see who Purdue was playing. Um, but, yeah, they'll be in the Citrus Bowl. And good luck to Drew Brees in his presumably one-off coaching stint. And we'll see how Purdue does. I like the season that they had. It was actually a pretty good season. Uh, we got to get back to Bill's Dolphins. And we are discussing things here about the matchup aside from the weather. And we're trying to ascertain what kind of defensive approach the Bills are going to take. My presumption, Steve, is that the Bills are going to do what they do. Leslie Frazier always comes back to that in the grand scheme of things. And I think much like the Niners stuck to what works best for them, I think the Bills will do the same, especially when you consider the fact that it's on a short week. You don't want to be reinventing the wheel in a short week in an important division game that you need to even your season series with this team.
0: Yeah, I don't think they—they don't think they—they're f- feeling like they need to reinvent the wheel. But they're, you know, they there's always some pretty significant game change, game plan changes from week to week,
1: and from the first meeting to the second meeting.
0: Yes, and uh, and they'll be winding up for it, even a little bit before—not too much, but even before the week begins. I mean, late in the week, particularly with this practice squad guys and some of the guys who. Uh, I don't know, just interact with the coach. Some guys just interact with coaches like that, and they say, what about the Dolphins? What are we looking at? And and they'll start thinking about it even then. Uh, So, yeah, it's – yeah, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Um, The Dolphins scored um, three touchdowns against the Bills with only 20 minutes of possession time in the game. Uh, So, while the Bills still hold them off the scoreboard, particularly even with the turnover in their own end, deep in their own end, Dolphins have every reason to think they're going to be able to move the football on the Bills. And if there's something out there that the Bills think they can use, there's absolutely no doubt they've already got it in the game plan.
1: Good news for the Bills. The injury report is out, and this is like a Friday injury report here on Thursday. So you have game designations, and it's pretty clean for Buffalo. Just Ryan Bates and Jordan Phillips out for this game. As Coach McDermott explained this morning in a radio appearance on WGR, as he does every week, everybody else that was working their way through some nicks. Good to go for the game. That includes Matt Milano, Reggie Gilliam, and Ed Oliver. All three of them participated in practice. Gilliam and Ed Oliver fully. Milano was limited, but none of them have an injury designation for the game Saturday night. None of them are questionable. None of them are doubtful. None of them are out, which means they are good to go. So certainly some good news. Getting some more players back in the fold. Oliver got nicked last week. Looks like he's going to be good to play. Gilliam missed last week's game with the ankle injury. He's back in the lineup, and in a game that could have measurable snow on the field, you're going to want to have your fullback, Steve.
0: Yeah, Gilliam's been a nice player. He's he's caught some balls for him. Um, I, yeah, being as healthy as you can be is great. Uh, I'm I'm a little I'm a little bit worried about guys like Matt Milano. A little bit worried about guys like Roger Saffold. You know. Um, guys who just kind of feel like they're just kind of making it work um you know even steph diggs didn't practice today It's probably is a veteran rest day um I, yeah i you, all these guys and i i, I hesitate to, to talk about it because you just know even the guys that aren't even on this list who practice fully all week are just dragging around some steamer trunk of an injury that they're just they're just putting up with it's not gonna it's just a You just play uncomfortable all the time at this time of year. It's just no. It's just saps the fun out of it. So it's huge that these guys are going to be able to go. I applaud the team for giving them some time off and letting them rest it up because you know, not it wasn't so long ago when teams just said, "Listen, tape it up. We need you to practice if you want to play."
1: Padded practices kind of fall by the wayside this time of year. They just don't exist anymore because they got to take the licks off the players. All right, we got to take a break here though because when we come back. The Hall of Famer is scheduled to join us. One Thurman Thomas coming up next. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, and joining us on the line, probably doing his best Chris Kringle imitation out there shopping for Christmas gifts, is the Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas. How are we doing, Thurman?
5: <laughs> Christmas shopping is over. I'm already done, Brownie. Oh, good for you, man.
1: You're ahead of the curve.
5: For... Yeah, I, I, yeah, about the last five or six years, I've been way ahead of the curve. Because, you know, guys usually do it, what, two days or one day before, yeah. and everything's gone. Everything's gone, so I've learned my lesson.
1: Okay, well, well good for you. It's nice to know you're a reformed man uh, when it comes to Christmas shopping. <laughs> Very well done. Uh, before before we get into the game on Saturday night, we did want to mention that your, your Thomas Family Foundation in along yeah. along with Delta Sonic, you guys are collaborating to benefit the Compass house and you know maybe just talk to us about how that collaboration kind of came together. Uh, to support compass house
5: well you know i I've, I've been knowing the uh bendersons for a long long time and uh their their uh, person reached out to me i think his name is kyle george and we've had conversation he's had conversation with my wife and uh and i like just also like to thank uh jeremy uh kelly for really putting this together and uh really getting the key components and the key people together to, uh, do this. And yeah, we're going, I'm going to be out there with my wife, um, from nine to 11, uh, at Delta Sonic. I think it's the one on transit.
1: That's right. That's uh, right. Delta Sonic
0: in Lancaster. 4817 transit road in Depew.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I will be out there, you know, taking pictures. I don't know if the weather's going to require me to sign autographs, but I'm going to be out there taking pictures from nine to 11 uh with the customers that come out and donate uh and donate stuff uh to the thurman thomas fam- family foundation so uh you know it's the holidays I, I know people are you know busy i know there's a lot of people at delta sonic so uh we just got together and thought that'd be a perfect place and uh yeah. i mean because i go there all the time my wife go, and i'm sure you guys go there all the time too oh, so yeah. uh yeah. great cabulation with those guys and uh yeah we're we're happy to uh to be a part of
0: it. Yeah, let me just go down a quick list of, you know, kind of donations you're going to be looking for. Hats, gloves, scarves, clothing, all of that stuff. Basic yeah. household hygiene items for youth or young adults, like towels, pots and pans, sheets, silverware, and stuff. Diapers, wipes for babies, gift cards. You can, gift cards are always appropriate for everybody, right? Always. And then, uh, of course, cash yeah. is going to be accepted at the register as well. So all that stuff's going to be um, accepted. And that's. Um, and this will be on the Saturday.
1: Yeah, Saturday, December seventeenth. So 9 if you come to the game, if
0: you are coming down transit or anywhere, in the game, drop by first at nine a.m. to through eleven. Stop by there, drop all that stuff off, and then go to the game.
1: Right.
5: Yeah, it'll be good. Well, the game is at the game is at eight, right? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, but you got to yeah, get there you early.
1: You Got to get your tailgate in. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> you, tailgate,
0: yeah. Every, listen, oh, You, everybody, man.
5: Listen, I can you imagine? What's I, okay, okay. You don't even know what time they're going to open up the gates. What? Four o'clock?
0: No, it won't be four. It'll be more like six. 50, no, it'll be six, five. Okay. It's usually three hours, three, right? It's, no. No, it's four hours oh, before you mean, game time. Oh, you it's four. Oh, the gates 4:15. of the parking 4:15. lot is four hours. Yeah, 4.15. But not everybody yeah. parks in the, in the
5: team lots. I mean. True. The ra- True that. The yeah. neighborhood. True that. That's why I love you. Yeah. That's why I love you, because You come up with the great ideas, man. Yeah. <laughs> you could already you, got it planned. Let me out. just say
0: this. <laughs> let me just say this. It, I am. It's. We are all lucky. I think Western New York's lucky that the weather's going to be so bad. Because could you imagine if it was seventy degrees and sunny this weekend, and you got a Saturday night game with Bills, <laughs> with Bills, <laughs> country being able to go there <laughs> all day, all Friday night, yeah, all day Saturday. That's not a good recipe, right? Um, that, least least would be, yeah, that would be that would be a good recipe. That at would least be for everybody's ex- liver. That would be exactly like a s- <laughs> Lake Effect snowband right there. That would be just as right. much re- that would wreak just as much havoc.
1: <laughs> so just to spell all it right. out one more time for everybody Delta Sonic in Lancaster, 4817, Transit Road to Pew, New York. Delta Sonic's already contributed five thousand dollars to the Thomas Family Foundation right. for Compass House. So, mm-hmm. so good job on them. And this all goes to the Compass House, right? That's right. Yes. Yep. Emergency Emergency shelter and resource center of Western New York. Billy Buffalo is going to be there along with DJ milk and DJ. Yes. I'm hearing that Santa Claus will be there as well. Hopefully the sleigh makes it in. Um, And then as Thurman said, an opportunity to meet him and Patty, and I'm sure he'll be happy to take any and all pictures you may want to take with him. And there'll be some giveaways as well, including Bill's autographed items and some free car washes. All right. So good luck with that yep. event on Saturday. Therm. Awesome. Let's Thurm. get to the game. Appreciate it. Um, yep. Steve was referencing the Bill's dolphins game that you guys played in 44 34, the final, there was some snow on the ground, but it was like a dusting divisional playoffs made yeah. that old turf really slick. This new turf kind of holds the snow better. I feel, um, I don't know if it's going to change cleats for the guys. If they have measurable snow, what did you wear? If you ever played in measurable snow before cleat
5: wise. Mm, You're asking me a question that I really can't answer right now because I have (laughs) no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. You know what Brownie, but I will tell you this, it wasn't like a special cleat or anything like that. Uh, Yeah. I, I just, and you know, we're playing on really hard turf. So, I was just basically wearing turf shoes. Okay. I, I didn't change it to have the spikes, you know, longer or, or what have you, or thicker. I just wore regular, uh, regular size, uh, shoes and, um, regular size flats. And it worked out perfectly because I, I, I think this is an advantage for me, especially for a red cause I know where I'm going. Hmm. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm going to do. I know how I'm going to set up a guy. I mean, you've seen guys over the past years. I mean, Look how great of a game LaShawn McCoy has in snow games. Yeah. you know. And, and I don't think he changes any of his cleats or anything like that. So, man, I wouldn't change a thing. Was, and when I played, I didn't change a thing.
0: It was different, too, because – the and I was watching a little bit of that game. Somebody put it out over social media, and I, I went back and watched a little bit of the YouTube of that game. The, the field was really, really slippery all over the place. Yes. Very slippery. This field is not going to be that slippery unless there's – The snow will be slippery, but the field will not. Uh, In that 2017 game against the Colts, nobody was standing on the field because they were up on the snow, (laughs) right? But this it's a completely different surface, and you'll be able to see how it's going to be because the new surfaces are so uniform that if it's slippery at one corner of the field, it's going to be exactly the same slippery on the other corner, the opposite corner of the field. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what – is going to be possible because depending on how the weather goes and what the temperature of the air is, how much moisture and how much snow, was the, was the field frozen before they uncovered it and then you know then the snow fell or was it warm under the tarp when they uncovered it? Because that will make all the surface different too. You just don't know until you go out there and start running around
5: on it how it's going to affect the game. There's just no way to anticipate it. No way to anticipate it, but I tell you what um – Whatever it's going to be, I think the, the Bills are going to play an outstanding football game. I, I think they're they're ready to, you know, get on this second run of the season. Uh, I know they got hot last year, like Bronny said, a couple of weeks ago. They were 7-6 and six at this point last year, and, and they went on a run. They got hot again. And I know everyone is kind of expect. I, I, I mean, I want to see them to score 30, 35 points every single game, and it's not happening, you know. They're winning the ways that Josh talked about the other day. They're finding ways to win. And when you have a team like that, when you talk about the elements, they don't worry about the elements. They worry about going out there, executing the game plan, and try to get the, uh, another W to really get them going again because the offense has been sputtering in the last couple of weeks, but they've been able to win football games.
1: Right. The Dolphins have kind of hit the skids offensively the last two weeks. You saw right. two different teams play them two different ways. San Fran mostly a zone scheme. Chargers decided to go press man. Didn't want to show any fear. They pressed those guys. They shut off the middle of the field. And Tua turned into a pumpkin in that game on Sunday night. Um, what what do you think the Bills do defensively on a short <laughs> week here, Therm? I mean, they probably just do what they normally do, right? I mean, they may take some elements of those two game plans, but they kind of do what they do best, I guess.
5: Yeah, I, I, I think you won't see the Bills switch up or do anything differently. I mean, they play great defense all year long, all year long. And you know what? They're getting some guys back. Uh, you know, Trey White didn't play in this game last last time uh, that they met. I think Jordan Poyer was out, too. He was. So they Hyde had some out, guys yeah. who – yeah, they had some guys who are out that are going to be back on the field. And I think that changes the dynamic of what the Miami Dolphins want to do because having Milano out there and having – and having Trey White. I mean, those are key three defensive guys that you have to handle. And coming off of the performance like they did last week against the Jets uh, and knowing that Miami has struggled in the last couple of weeks, I don't see them changing anything. I, I think the D-line is still going to get after the quarterback. They're going to get after Tua. And uh, like you said, the running backs are not healthy. So, hey, I I just think this is a perfect game for the Bills at this point to really – really put some separation between them and the rest of the teams that are in the AFC. Right. And then you also,
1: you know, you look at the conference race, because if they win this game, the division is pretty much sewn up because they'll go three up on Miami with three games to play. They won't clinch the division, but for all intents and purposes, right. it's right there for them. I mean, they'd have to fall on their face not to win the division. If they beat Miami Saturday night So then it becomes a question of you know, keeping your foot on the gas to stay the top seed in the conference, because we've heard them talk the last two years now in the offseason when the year ends, we have to get home field advantage in the playoffs. The top seed has been critical. I mean, wouldn't we all like to see Patrick Mahomes play a playoff game on the road for once? I mean, my God. For what? For what?
5: It seems like he's in. He's in Kansas City every single year that the playoffs start.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he got lucky last year He's because Tennessee Tennessee was the one seed last year, but they lost to Cincinnati. So then they were the two seed, and they were all home games again.
5: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's a big game. And I think our schedule, I think you guys may have talked about if I looked at it, that you know our schedule is a little bit tougher than theirs, Kansas City. Oh, yeah. It I, is. I Kansas think, City's got one of the easiest. Yeah got one of these. I think they played Denver twice. I haven't yep. played Denver yeah. twice, uh, but yeah, they haven't, they, their schedule is not like ours, but I, I don't mind playing these type of games because it builds character. It builds the strength of your football team. And, you know, with Miami this week, Chicago next week, then, you know, probably the biggest game out of this besides the Miami game is the Cincinnati game because they're on a high streak and, you know, they're right. They're right on our tail. And so, and they've, over the last four or five weeks, they've turned it up. And they've won games without uh, Jamar Chase. And, and Joe Mixon. That's, and that's Joe Mixon, you're exactly right. So, I mean, when they talk about Joe Burrows being one of the top guys in the National Football League, this is why. I mean, because I think they started off one and four maybe or somewhere around there. I mean, the first four or five games wasn't good for those guys. And they've turned it around. They've become one of the teams that are very, very hot right now.
0: Yeah, the Bengals did yeah, they started out uh 2 and 3 on the season before two they started and three. yeah. So uh yeah, they were struggling out of the you know with a little bit of a probably a Super Bowl hangover from from uh, January. <laughs> so yeah. give us an idea this this game. I mean, if and you you know, you talk about it's not going to be perfect conditions. How? Do, what do you think? And I, we had Micah Hyde on here a minute ago, and he, we talking. We were talking about how each team. You never. It's impossible to predict these games because even the weather becomes a matchup problem for the offense or defense of whatever team is playing. So the Miami team in this kind of conditions, which we don't know exactly what it's going to be, how they match up against the weather goes into the mix of how they match up with the Bills' defense. Um, I mean, there's a whole new level of <laughs> uncertainty about what this game's going to look like. But what's your
5: best guess as to how this game unfolds? I think the Bills win. I think the guy. I think the guys up front, uh, the offensive line, uh, along with Dawson Knox. Um, I think one of our running backs is going to get over 100 yards. I think one of our running backs is going to get over 100 yards. Mm. And that's going to really, all depending on the weather, once again, really carry us to victory. And uh, if these two running backs, uh, one of them get over 100 yards and another one get 50, get over 150 yards rushing along with, what, maybe 30 to 40 yards rushing for Josh Allen, I think they win the game handily. Uh, Miami can't run the football. We're playing great defense right now. Uh, And if they want to try to run the ball, I don't think they will be able to. So I see the Bills winning this game handily. I really do.
1: Okay. And the Bills, by the way, the only team in the National Football League to run for at least 100 yards or more in every game this season. The only team to do that. Uh, we've gotten this far, Therm and we haven't talked Cole Beasley. Uh, John Brown comes in two yeah. weeks ago. Cole Beasley's in now. They're both on the practice squad, but they could be called up at any given time for a game day. Brown has been the last two weeks, has played sparingly, What do you foresee as Cole Beasley's role going forward here? Do you see him as a minor role player or something bigger?
5: I think it's something bigger. I absolutely do. Because if Ron and Tasker, if you look at the beginning of the season, Hey man, Devin Singletary had about what? 13, 14 catches after two games, they were doing the short passing game and all of a sudden they started opening up a little bit more and you And you haven't seen that since. And I think that's the reason why Cole is back. I I think he gives you another element, which is we always, we thought that Jason Crowder was going to be that guy. Jameson Crowder thought he was going to be that guy, but he's been hurt. And we haven't found anybody to have that slot. I I, I love Steph Diggs, but I want him on the outside. I I want him on the outside, stretching the defense along with Gabe Davis. So to have that element right there with Cole Beasley, and he's been in this offense for, know three years i know some term- terminology probably has changed from Dable to uh to dorsey but i think bringing cole back and i'm glad they have a conversation about the other things that happened once he left and uh hey i think the bills right now are doing everything that they possibly can to win a super bowl for the city of buffalo and if it takes back bringing back cole beasley these guys are ready for the long run how likely you think
0: it is that Beasley can walk off a pickup basketball court and play the an NFL team.
5: <laughs> you know what? Um, I don't know how that's going to turn out. Tassie, you're exactly right, but I know that they can't run the no huddle really, really fast. I think it's one of those games where, you know what, you let him get his legs underneath them. Uh, you know, he did play two games in Tampa Bay uh, for the Buccaneers and then retired. So, hey, I, I think the guy, you know, he stays in pretty good shape. I know basketball and football are two different sports, but I think you know what—he would not have taken on this opportunity to come back if he wasn't in shape, in some type of shape.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, What do you think?
5: I agree. I agree. I
0: how good it is. I mean, they can—they'll get a feel for it during this week. I mean, he came in on Monday, Monday night, um, yeah, and it's a short week, so um, I think the real—the only thing you fear, I think, is an injury yep. because of the intensity of the game and all that. And he, he'll, he'll, mm-hmm. blow it, he'll pop a spring because, you know, <laughs> he just hasn't been yeah. able to run that with that much intensity and he pushed himself. And I, the worst thing that can possibly happen, I was telling Brownie this this morning, what'll probably happen, you can just see it happening. The unthinkable happens. He gets in, they're going to put him in. He plays for a minute. He gets a snap and all of a sudden there's nobody around him. He's, and he has to run 65 yards for a touchdown. And yet, you know, and he blows a hammy because nobody expected him to be that open, right? I mean, that's what happens. These guys, the most unbelievable thing happens where he's going to win the game, and because yeah. they didn't believe
5: it, he pops a pops yeah. a hamstring because he got so open. Yeah, yeah, I I, I really do think they ease him back into it. I mean, I don't want Cole Beasley come out here and play sixty or seventy plays. I don't think that's going to happen. No. Uh, but to have him out there for at least Half of those, maybe 30, 35 plays, I think that's a good number for him. And just, you know what, just work himself into football shape for the rest of the year. Now, obviously, I think with him being there, there's going to be a lot of those, you know, second and uh, second and three situations. And I think that's the reason why they're they're bringing it back, because we've had a long couple of games now where it's been third and long, and we haven't really picked up that. And so I think they want to get back to second and three, second and four, having a lot more options when, when it's that short.
1: Therm, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the Dolphins defense does not travel. They give up 15 points a game at home, 31 points a game on the road. Now, Steve went down the Steve went down the schedule and granted they have played a few tougher teams on the road than at home, but it's not a clear, like, oh my God, they played the Sisters of the Poor at home all season and they played juggernauts on the right. road. It's not a uniform list, but that's a two touchdown difference,
5: Therm. What is how do you how do you square that? Yeah, I, I don't know, Brownie. I, I, that's yeah, you like you said, it's two touchdowns. It's not like it's seven points or yeah. like three points or six, it's fourteen points, and that is a lot. And like you said, I don't know who they played on the road and really don't care for it, but you know what? They're on the road again. and That's my point. <laughs> I think, yeah, right, yeah. So, hey, look, only thing that I'm looking for, I'm looking for Bill's Mafia to go crazy at this game. I mean, I think the fans will be a part of it. They're going to look into the stadium and be like, these people are coming out here, it's raining, and snowing, and they still fill the stadium. That's what we need. That's what we need. We need that energy for the offense, defense, and special All right, so I was saying this, too. Is this a game,
0: Thurm? So, say it turns into the worst possible weather conditions. Is this a game where you either, A, have to be at the game because it's going to be one of those games, or, B, absolutely <laughs> watch it from home because you don't want any part of that game?
5: Which is it? Until the forecast – until the forecast came out I was a hundred percent I'm there but now I'm 50 so 50 <laughs> <laughs> so well, at least he's so, honest yeah so so you know I, I was glad that they didn't call me to be like the legend of the game so I probably would have denied them with, of me going out of the foot I'm 50 50 man I'm you know. I'm not as old as you, Taz. But it's I, cold weather, man, and yeah. the snow and all this. It it, it takes a lot out of you. And then you know the game is at eight fifteen at night. I mean that's yeah. it's cold. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Thurm, that is cold. Therm's ready is to
1: Therm's ready to take a nap at ten. So yeah. I mean he might not even get to the second <laughs> half uh Thurm, <laughs> thanks very much for joining us uh hopefully we see you at the stadium but we'll leave that up to you one reminder if you have a red player jersey in your closet make sure you wear it because it's the color rush game they're gonna have the red jerseys on yep. so make sure you're properly attired if you are showing up
5: yeah i appreciate it man hey remind everybody saturday sonic yeah in lancaster nine to eleven tomorrow Saturday morning. That's right.
0: Saturday morning. 9 to 11, Saturday morning, the transit uh, location of Sonic Car Wash. Delta Sonic, uh, yeah. And it's actually – the mailing address is actually in Depew, but it's 4817, I believe, uh, is the address. That is the
1: address. They'll be there from 9 to 11. If you have any donations that you can make for Compass House, please do so. And Therm will be out there to take pictures. They'll have some giveaways out there along with DJS. Therm, thanks for the time. Uh, Enjoy the game on Saturday night. We'll catch up with you next week. All right, guys. All, All right. right.
5: Take care. That's, Go, Bill's,
1: Bill. that's Bills Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas uh, joining us here, as he does every week, talking Bills football. And maybe we'll see him and maybe we won't. <laughs> I don't know. How about it? Mean. I'm at 50 50. <laughs> we'll take a break here. When Steve and I come back, we'll give you an update on our Bills by the Numbers podcast. The latest episode is out. We'll tell you what's in store there next here on One Bills Live. This week's game sponsor is Toyota. Toyota is the exclusive and official vehicle of the Buffalo Bills. Toyota, let's go places. Quick injury update from Dolphins practice. Left tackle Teron Armstead returned to practice today, but again, we're dealing with walkthrough sessions down there. They're not doing any real practices. Elijah Campbell, the backup safety, who backs up Eric Rowe, who was not at practice is wearing a red non-contact jersey as he's trying to make his way through the concussion protocol to get back on the field and medically cleared. Jeff Wilson, though, is out at practice. We'll see what his designation is after suffering a hip injury last week against the Chargers. He's one of their two running backs. Steve, our latest episode of our podcast, Bills by the Numbers, is out where we let the stats tell you where the bills are at. We kind of diced up the receiver... Situation right now with the Bills. I actually did pretty good in the numbers game this week. You did do pretty good in the numbers game. I was back in the
0: saddle. For those that
1: don't know, this is a separate program from our daily show here, One Bills Live, so if you don't have a chance or you haven't checked it out yet, please do so on any of your podcast platforms. Just type in Bills by the Numbers, and there it will be. Steve and I, back tomorrow. Big show as always. We'll see you at 1.